Welcome to the Ease of Business Podcast for the Enlightened Entrepreneur, hosted by Lisa Shermerhorn and Celeste Hartwell. Here is where we help disruptors gain clarity on how to make a bigger impact while living a life of abundance through reading amazing books that have helped us in business. Thanks so much for joining us and let's get into it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Celeste Hartwell, and I am so excited to be with my amazing co-host, Lisa Shermerhorn, this evening as we talk about Happy Pocket Full of Money by David Cameron Gikandi. So welcome, 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 Lisa. How are you? I am awesome. And I thank you so much for recommending this book, because at first I was like, Happy Pocket Full of Money, what is that? <laughs> But it, it's not, I, I believe that they probably could have come up with a better title because the depth of information that is in this book, it's not even really about money. It is, it, it's a very small part of it. But, you know, as we spoke before, it's really about everything that we have been studying for so long in a very concise manner placed in this rich <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Book that's just endless with wisdom. It's super chock full of amazing goodness. So for anyone who has never heard of this book, welcome. You, if you decide to read this, I'm going to promise you, you need to like listen or read it multiple times. Um, I was telling Lisa before we started this evening, this book really, the reason why I was so called to like read this book and not read it, but like share it in this platform and share it with Lisa was that this particular book kind of quantifies everything that I've learned on my spiritual path and on my entrepreneurial journey in regards to spirituality, money, the universe, how the universe works with you and quantum physics. And it, and it does it in such a like an easy to understand digestible format. Wouldn't you agree, Lisa? You know what? It's so, it's so amazing because it's, I, I started reading, uh, if anyone has ever studied quantum physics, 20 years ago, someone handed me a book by Larry Dossie, all about quantum physics and the field and how it worked. And I remember going, I can't believe that I have to get through this information. It was so dense and so difficult to understand. And I really struggled with it. And what happened was this book, I mean, I, I over the years, I, I don't know that I'll ever completely 100% understand it. It's, it's, it's hard to wrap your brain around it. You really have to look at it over and over and over. I was going to say, like, I don't think that the brain is meant to understand it, right? Yeah. Like, like, when we're talking about quantum physics, it's similar to spirituality and faith. Like, you right. kind of just, like, you get you get enough of it to understand. And then what I liked about the way they talked about it in this book is, like, and you don't have to know how it really works. You just have to, like, right. know the the basics, Right. Right. And so he talks a lot about it to give people an understanding of how we're all connected and how our thoughts work and how powerful our thoughts are. Um, what I what I for what I invite you people who decide to actually, you know, read this book is get, you know, if you're not into quantum physics, I advise you to just get through that part because there's so much more to the book. Um, you know, he does a really good job explaining it, 
But as you continue the way he relates everything to it, it's just really done very, very well. Yeah. So we'll get into some details because, girl, I got it in front of me. But I the other thing that I wanted to say is that I because I've heard this from different people, I don't own the physical copy. So just to like preface that I I absorbed this on audio audible. I actually listen to it every single day, like a little bit of it, not the whole thing. Clearly, it's long, but um, what I have heard from people is that the physical copy is actually different. I think there's more in the audible copy than mm-hmm. there is in the physical book. And I've heard people say like, you really, this is one of those books that it actually behooves you to have both copies. Um, I don't have the physical copy yet because I've just not gotten around to that. I know my attention span with physical books. It's not right. high. Um, but Yeah. So I actually got it on Kindle as well. And I can tell on the Kindle book, it's not the same as the audio. It's not as long. Um, So I just wanted to like preface that for people who are like, yay, I really love to read. And that's amazing. That's so good. Do it in the format that works best for you. But for me and my attention span, Audible works best for me. I'm the same because I, I walk a lot and I'm busy. I'm in the car. So it allows me to go through a lot more books that way. Otherwise, if I, I wait till the end of the day and get into bed, I'm good for about 15 minutes and I fall asleep. <laughs> same girl. Same. Same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so let's get into it because I have to say a lot of these concepts were not new to me, but the way he explained them was. Yes, And even talking about he does what he's really talking a lot about is the law of attraction and how your thoughts create things. But here's something that that blew my mind. And I knew this already, but I didn't know it because you can know it here. But it's when you in your head. But if you then you know it at a deep knowing it's different when you actually embody it. Exactly. And he started talking about timelines. And when you think about something, so so to, to, to go back, he talks about the fact that the space-time continuum and that time is not really linear, that time is all-encompassing everything all the time. When you have a thought about something that you desire, it's already there. You've created it. So it's just there for the taking to go get it. And if you think about negative thoughts, if you think about the idea of wanting versus desire, he talks a lot about that. When you want something, you're always in the state of want. Right. When you go into the state of I am, I am this, I am, uh, then, then you become it. And you have to live your life in the idea of becoming it. And he talks a lot about meditation. And I'm going to use this example of how that happened in my life. And I was like, wow, I how you really honestly meditate. Um, I've wanted to write a book for years. For it, it was a crazy ride. I would sit there blank and nothing would come. And I started visualizing myself on stage with a bestseller in my hand and people applauding and really feeling it at a really deep level like it had already happened. And then I surrendered it. But in every meditation, I would see it. And then six months later, I had to surrender how it was going to happen. Six months later, I met a fellow who said, I'm doing a collaborative book. And I want you to be part of it. And part of being part of the collaborative book is also having an opportunity to speak on stage. 
Mm. And he said, this is our sixth edition. All five have gone bestseller. So I was like, oh my God, this is it. So I got involved with it and the book literally just went bestseller last week. But here's the crazy part. And when that was all happening, because I had already decided that it was done, it demystified it of becoming an author. And suddenly the the, the book that I've been wanting to read for 20 years mm. literally poured out of me in two months. I sat there and I was like nonstop writing because I was no longer afraid. I had already owned it. I'm already a best-selling author. So there was nothing to be afraid of. It came literally through me. I'm in the editing stage, but that it, it was like I had surrendered. And, and meanwhile, I thought, okay, I'd already achieved it. But then spirit gave me another opportunity to get what I really wanted but it took me through a vehicle that I would never have imagined. So I've learned more to say yes to things mm. instead of going into a fear place or I'm not sure or anything like that. I don't know if you want to expand on that or if there's another part of the book that really was. I love that. And I, I want to go a little bit deeper into this because yep. I think you glossed over a couple things that I'm just like, Ooh, I really want to go deep into that. Yep. So one of the things that he talks about that, that you mentioned is when we want something, yep. we're in a state of lack and the word want itself means lack. It means I don't have it. And he, he really outlines this very beautifully in the way that he talks about when you get up, like, say you're hungry, I want a sandwich, I want food. And then you get up and you start making a sandwich, you're in a different space, you're no longer in the area of wanting because it will never come to you when you want it. Because you're in that state of lack. But when you move your state of being into action, getting up off the couch, going into the kitchen, you're doing something, you're actually moving towards what you desire. Mm -hmm. And so I love how he, he talks a lot about, um, and maybe not a lot, but I've heard the book now like 10 times. Mm -hmm. So it's like been a lot for me, but he talks about even using the word desire when you're talking about what you, what you want in your life, like using the word desire or using the word wishes is a higher, is, is a better space. It has a better definition. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times in our culture, we use the change. We use the word want and desire interchangeably, but they actually don't mean the same and they don't vibrate similarly. And they don't mean, you know, like they just don't have the same definition. And so when you desire something, you just like, ooh, that would feel good. And you just feel better about it. Like, whereas when you're like, want, you're like, mm, I want it. I, you know, you're just in a different space. And that was, that was one thing when you said want, I was like, oh, yes, because I've been correcting like all my clients. Right. <laughs> like, no, it, and, and it's so true. And, and that, that's, yeah, there's a whole thing about, and, and the desire towards the end of the book, he talks about desire comes from your the desire Say it is like, again because you you blinked out for oh minute. desire Des comes from your spirit from yes. your soul yes that's how you know 
Yes. That's the desire. It's like, I, I already have it. I want it. You already know it. You already have it. It's just now remove the boulders, remove the belief systems and get all that stuff out of the way to achieve it. And I would have to, I, I can't confirm this in this moment, but I heard, mm-hmm. so I would have to look up the word desire, but what I remember learning at some point, I don't believe it was in this book. In fact, I know it wasn't in this book. But it was like desire, like if you break down the word, it's like from spirit, like in Latin or something. Like that's what the word is from. And and so again, I would need to confirm that. Like, don't get all mad at me if I'm wrong. But um, but I I read that once and I was like, oh, I love that. I love that because it is, it is that soul calling, right? Like when right. we like and and when it's a soul calling or it's like a spirit filled desire it's never bad it's never going to hurt anyone else it's never going to harm anyone else because we are so connected because we don't want harm on other people on a soul level and and it feels good yeah and it's interesting you talked about harm because one of the other things that i talked about that he talks about and i love this example and and it really shows is the example of causing harm to other people and how it impacts you yes and he, he used the example of being on a deserted island with another person. And imagine that it's just the two of you and you're sharing all of your things with the other person and they're sharing with you. So whatever you give comes back to you and you create this beautiful symbiotic relationship. Now, when you do something that harms someone, guess what comes back to you? Because they're not going to want to share. They're not right. going to want to do anything to help you. So he created this, this analogy that was a microcosm of what happens in the universe, in the world. Right. When you do something to harm them, someone else, how it eventually comes back to you. And I love that because I've read that in so many different places, Lisa. But what, And I don't think that he talked about this necessarily, but what I've gotten from other other books, other learnings that I've gone through is that it will come back to you at some point and you may not associate it with that guy I cut off in traffic and then flipped off or that person I was talking negatively about in that particular instance, but it will come back to you. And so this... In some spaces, this is called karma. I really liked he didn't actually talk about the law of attraction at all, except for to say, like, it's actually the law of cause and effect. Right. And in there, that in itself is kind of mind blowing for me because I've been kind of a girl who will sing the law of attraction praises like all day long and think positive and positive will come back to you. But this law of cause and effect actually feels more tangible to me. In a lot of ways of like, if you're giving love and you're sharing knowledge and you're sharing yourself with other people from a space of love, from a space, you know, not from an egoic, I'm going to get something out of this. Uh, but just like from this pure heart space, it will always come back to you. And actually like tenfold, like it will always come back right. to you in really powerful ways. Yeah. And he, he, I love the way he talks about, it's like when you harm someone, it comes back to you. And when you're good to someone, it comes back to you. Yes. And the reward again, will come back to you in a way that you may not associate it, but no good deed. You know, it's like every time you do something good for someone, 
And but the thing that the catch 22 here is you don't want to do it because you want something in return. You're right. doing it from a genuine place from your heart. Yes. And he also talks about expectation, like expect that something amazing is going to come back to you. Like that's yeah. part of this, this having faith, this believing this, like working with the universe, know that something will come back to you. But one of the things that I really loved was it may not come back through that particular source. Like say I've gifted you, Lisa, like whatever it is, flowers, and I'm like holding out for you to give me flowers back. But actually, like my partner comes home one day and he brings me flowers or whatever. Right. Like it can come back in multiple ways. Like if I get all hung up on the fact that, well, Lisa didn't bring me flowers. Like I'm missing the point. Like the point is that the universe isn't working necessarily through that particular person. I have I have a colleague who I actually um, you know, kind of schooled her recently. She's running a business that, you know, doesn't always make money. But I was, I had to remind her, I was like, you have no idea how the universe is going to bring you that money back. You have no idea how the universe is going to bring you those clients back. Like it could be through this business. She has another business. I'm like, you have no idea. And it's actually not your business. And that's not what I mean by saying that, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not your, it's not for you to know. It's right. not for you to understand. You just need to know that it will come back. But it's also about having a mindset of gratitude. Yes. And knowing that the universe is always conspiring for you. Yes. Because you're the only one who's going to block it. Right. If you go into fear, false evidence appearing real, which he repeats quite a bit in there, um, then you will block it. So it's, it's our natural state to feel joy. It's our natural state for flow to happen. And, and when we use those beliefs and our fears and everything else that gets in our way, we're preventing that flow. And, and one of the things that I'm a big proponent of, and, 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 it, and it flows so beautifully in my life is synchronicity. Mm. And a lot of people will say, oh, that's just a coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences. There's too much. But when he talks about when your soul desires something and your ego follows along, that's when synchronicity happens. Yes. That's when everything moves in that direction. So it's the surrendering to that soul's desire and trusting that the universe is conspiring in your direction. And it's also in your purpose. And when everything aligns, the synchronicities start to happen, 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 and everything aligns and, and it all starts to come to you. And so when he talks about happy pocket full of money, what he really talks about is it's not so much money, it's wealth and wealth yeah. and abundance. And because there are people who are very wealthy, who are unhappy, there are people who have no money and who are very happy. And there's, you know, D all of the above. So it's really about how you choose to live your life and to be in a state of abundance, be in a state of gratitude, listen to your soul's calling and how that shows up in your life and trust. And then the synchronicities and everything starts to flow.
Yes. And I, and I want to go back to, you had talked about this a little bit before when we were, when you were talking about like the concept of time and how time actually isn't real. And like, he, he goes deeper into that and how everything is happening now. And of course, every spiritual teacher along the way, and now quantum physics is proving that as well. The only moment we have is right now, but there was this space where he talks about what you think, what you feel, all of that is important. But the first state that matters is who are you being? What are you being? And if you're believing, I am broke, I am sad, I am unhappy, then you are being those things. Like think about, I think back to like when I had COVID and I was sick and I just kept going, I'm sick. I feel like dog shit. I feel like dog shit. Like that was my mantra. (laughs) It was not health helpful at all. Let me tell you. Um, But like, all of a sudden I caught myself and I was like, what am I being right now? Like I'm being sick. And I was able to shift myself. Thank God. Like that helped tremendously. And then I was able to get the help that made me heal even quicker. Um, But I had to like, all of a sudden be like, no, I am healthy. I am healthy. Let me be healthy. Like, let me be that state. Right. But we have been taught that it's like almost more celebrated uh, Mm -hmm. and more socially acceptable to be in a, um, in, in a sad state, in a poorer state, in an illness state than it is to like really own like, no, I am happy. Let me choose to be happy in this moment. Let me be, let me find what is good in this moment and what I can give gratitude for. And look at all the things that I already have created in my life, right? Like, I've created all that is going on right now. So why don't I like give gratitude for that? And then, and then observe, what do I want to tweak? Right? Like, what do I want to like shift? And what, how do I want to be like, what, how do I want to show up in that? Well, he talks a lot about when you talk about creating, he talks about competition and scarcity versus having a creator mode. Right. And, and that was so interesting to me because you can have, someone who's wealthy, who's always in competition and always needs more, 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 and and has that sense of lack and need to always have more. So they never feel like they have enough, even when they have more than enough. Yeah. Versus that, that state of mind, the creation mind, that there's enough for everyone. Because there's always, it, it's just part of the law of the universe that whatever we desire will come to us. Yeah. And so that there's always enough and that the giving state and sharing state. It will always more. come to us if we allow it. If to. we allow it. Yes. And it is waiting to come to us. Exactly. We just have to like let down our guard and open up to receive it. Right. And, and why is that so hard? Well, that's no, the, you the think human about condition. it. These, I know, but my, I'm, I'm raising this as as a as a you know question because these concepts seem so simple, right? Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where I think we go back to the beginning of what you were saying. Of the mind understands that that's accurate, but can I embody that ease? Or right. and and I think that for human beings. I'll, I'll speak to my own experience. Um, you know, sometimes the ego like wants to make it really difficult, wants to make it struggle, wants to prove that I'm worthy. Right. Right. And, or yeah. Or, or our programming has told right. us so. And, right. and it was interesting because that inspired um, the, the title of my book in every belief 
is a lie. And if you look at the word belief, L-I-E is in the middle of it. And it talks about all of our programming and how we are basically programmed to sabotage ourselves. Right. To believe all of these things that we are not. And, and even in the book, I love what he says, but the concepts are there. But what's missing is actually how do I release those belief systems, mm. right? How do I get rid of those things? How do I how do I get from this place of imagining and wanting something? And that's all I know. You know, it, it goes back to when when I to these people in in the Buddha in Buddhism or any of these these speakers will say get into the present moment. And I'm like, if I could do that, I would be doing it. I'm paying to you say that to me. And now you don't teach me how to do it. And that's the problem with a lot of these information is there's so many gems, but how do you get there? And that's why it's so important that for people to understand that when it comes to your wiring and unconscious beliefs, we are completely unaware of what we believe and how these beliefs manifest in our life, where, what the root cause is. And yeah, I think, you know, you had mentioned this when we were on the call right before we started right. recording. And and I loved what you said about it, which was and I found the same thing with this book. Like, clearly, I have a lot of resources and trainings. You have a lot of resources and trainings. I think you and I know how to do this for ourselves after reading this book. But reading this book and then realizing this book doesn't actually give you the tangibles then how to. How to make these shifts. How to see your beliefs. How to shift them. Right. Right. And so those are just things that, you know, for you, our beautiful listener, like if you're looking for help with this, um, this is kind of the crux of what Lisa and I do. So, uh, you know, if you feel called to reach out to Lisa, please do that at theeaseofbusiness.com. If you feel called to re- reach out to me, please do that through theeaseofbusiness.com. And we would be happy to like help you through this uh, because it is something that a lot of people need help with. It is. It, 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 I, I was going from therapist to therapist to therapist. I was so depressed. And right. one of the things he talks about is, the it's depression is suppressed desire. Yes. Right. And yes. I was like, mind blown. Mm-hmm. I was in depression for many years because I was suppressing myself. I was in a place in an environment where I was unhappy and pretended to be happy because I was taking on a role that I thought I should play. And right. so many of us are told you go to school and get good grades and you go to college or you get you know get a trade or whatever it is and you have your home and your family and everything you should have the perfect life so then people feel shame around the mm. fact that they did all the right things and now they're not happy and therefore they're bad people or if they like to think outside the box and they want to do something different and then everyone tells them they're bad for wanting to do something unique and be themselves So the world is constantly giving us these messages. So when he talks about all of these things and how our mind works and how we create these things, and this book is brilliant. And you're right. You need to read it several times or listen to it several times to really absorb. And it gives you the awareness. So I feel like 
it's like the alcoholic saying, hi, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm an alcoholic showing up at their first AA meeting. This is where you start to get the awareness of what the issues are in your life. And now that you have an idea, now what? How am I going to break this down and right. really fulfill my life? And he talked about the idea of fulfilling life and what yeah. it would feel like, which I loved. But yes. you have the choice of how you're going to create each day. But if you have a belief that you're not worthy and deserving of happiness, how are you going to create that? And if you believe that the universe is out to get you or God is vengeful and spiteful and vindictive and going to punish you for not doing things perfectly, those are things that need to be healed as well. Right. Because exactly. I think to me, whenever I read this type of material, I think back to my own upbringing and it took me years to unravel the damage that organized religion had done for me personally. Right. And so I always think that that's the first step is like when you believe that you live in a benevolent universe that loves you no matter what you do, you're always on the right path. Your success is destiny your success is in like it's a it's a guarantee like there's no way that you can be unsuccessful yep you know just and and when you really can feel that in your body then this type of work does a lot better for it's a lot easier it's a lot more aligned right it is it is yeah. so you know when you you know when you really think in terms of joy because joy equals life, and that's our natural state. Right. And he talks a lot about that, you know, for us to be in that state of joy and giving, um, you know, that they do to help people with addiction um, is they have them go out and be of service to others. That's how right. people heal. So it's like go into that state of joy and start doing things for other people just for the state of doing it, just for the sake of that, not forgetting anything in return, just do it, do that. And if that alone, and he talks a lot about meditation and the importance of this. And I will say 100%, even if you give yourself 10 minutes, you always have 10 minutes in a day. There's guided meditations. You close your eyes and breathe. There's a million different types of, of meditation. Uh, and even when I meditate, I don't always do it the same. But I invite you, if you get anything from this today or anything from the book, is meditating because meditating literally connects you to your higher self, which is the instruction manual to get what you want. Yes. I tout meditation all day long. My entire audience knows that. Like I live, breathe, die by meditation. They he talks a lot. I I will name that the narrator um, mispronounces Vipassana consistently through the entire book, which kind of drove me. Is nuts. that what he was saying? That's what he was trying to say. Vipassana meditation, which I've done multiple times. So I'm like, ooh, nails on a jackboard. You're saying it wrong. Um, but anyway, that aside. You know, there's so many different types of meditation. There's passive meditations where you're really trying to empty your mind. There's dynamic meditations where you're doing kind of like energy work or you're listening to a guided meditation. And I always am encouraged, encouraging of start where you are. For me, it was like 
downloading an app for me, it was insight timer. Um, you know, 10 years ago or whenever it was, I started eight, nine years ago, something like that. And like listening to guided meditations and they were five minutes or 10 minutes. And I would do a little journaling in the morning about just visioning how my day was going to go. And that was literally how I started. Um, and so it can be really simple. It took me like 10 minutes every morning, five minutes of meditation, like five minutes of journaling. And that shifted so much for me so quickly that it was, it's kind of stupid why I don't do it still. But, and what I'm saying is like the journaling, the daily journaling, because it was so powerful. But uh, yeah, I think that there's, there's tools that are not necessarily talked about in this book, other than the meditation, but there, but it does not take a lot. You don't have to sit for an hour or two every day. Yeah. Everyone, I, so many people like, I can't meditate. My brain is always swimming. Well, that is awareness of what is going on in your brain. So you're, you're like, oh, wow, it's that cluttered. And that is part of meditation. I actually, you mentioned Insight Timer. I recorded a nine minute meditation that's on Insight Timer. If you look up Lisa Shermahorn, you get it. You can get that one. But um, yeah, it's uh, all those apps have some really, really great um, meditations for you. There's no excuse. You always have 10 minutes. And you can even do it if you're sitting on the toilet. Like it does not have to shower. be hard. Right. Oh my yeah. God. I get so much insight in the shower. It's crazy. Yeah. The water is golden for me, but um, walking in nature. Yes. Walking in nature, um, sitting down at the roots of a tree and putting your back against a tree. Um, all of those, you know, nature is one of those um, beautiful places that brings in insight. It really does. So it doesn't have to look a certain way. It's just important for you to, really go inward and find out what's really there because we get programmed and we are told by so many people who we are supposed to be and what we're supposed to believe. And we take it on as true. And then we get set up and he really gives you a guide of how we, how we work at an atomic level, Hmm. you know, how our thoughts work at an atomic level and how we really create these thoughts and beliefs. And it's a great place to start. And I was just checking my notes to see if there was anything else. But, you know, we choose what is true. We give many meaning to everything. And I saw Selma Hayek talk about this. And this is a really funny example. She said, if you don't speak Spanish and I start cursing at you in Spanish, but I'm smiling. So you have no idea what I'm saying to you. You might even laugh at me, but you have not been able to give it meaning because you have no idea what I've just said to you. And now if I say those things to you in England, English, all of a sudden your feelings are hurt because you gave what I said meaning. Right. If you laughed at what I said at the same time that, that I did when I was yelling at you in Spanish, you know, how different would your life be? We take on so much and we block ourselves. So I invite, you know, these listeners here to please, if you, if you ever get a chance to read this book or even just, I'm sure because I don't have the physical book, I'll do the audio, but I'm, this is one of those books. I think you could pick it up and open it anywhere and read one page and get a gem. Yeah. And I'm actually, I downloaded the Kindle version and I'm looking at it. I'm wondering if it's similar to, the physical copy, but it actually has like some journaling 
questions in the back and like oh. like a study guide more like type thing. So I'm going to be working through that now that I yeah. have that version. Um, but I think, you know, the fact of the matter is, Lisa, we've already been talking for 35 minutes and we could talk about this particular book, I think, for four hours, like yeah. not an exaggeration. I can't believe that. Where did the time go? I feel it, like I just said it goes to you. really fast when and that's the thing. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, I could talk about this and this and this and this. But I just really want to invite people into listening to this book for yourself, even if it's I love to listen while I'm in the car and driving. That's like really good listen time for me. I also like to listen when I'm working out or in the morning. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just so many ways that you can do digest this book. You can do it like Lisa did. She like went to like one and a half times. You can actually speed up speed the up. speed on the book if you need to. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this book is Happy Pocket Full of Money, Infinite Wealth and Abundance in the Here and Now by David Cameron Gakandi. And I just really, really welcome you into so many nuggets, so many ahas. It's so deep and so rich. Uh, and and not only for money, but like Lisa was saying, for health, for relationships for success, for career, like all of it, it's all the same. Like everything, you know, is inter interchangeable in these lives. So it is, it's yeah. completely, that's why I say it's really, if you read it because you want to be success, more successful, um, it's a great book to have, but you're going to get so much more than that because and it's you, not about the money. And if you want to be more successful, help someone else become more successful. Yeah. Like yeah. that whole law of cause and effect, help yeah. someone else knowing that it's going to come back to you and maybe not from that person. And that's okay. The universe yeah. has got your back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Lisa, do you want to introduce what we're talking about, what the book is for next month? Yeah, this is, I can't believe that we haven't done this book yet. It's one of my favorites. There we go. The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And I just saw actually is an homage to him. He just retired. He's not doing any um, workshops anymore. He was just in Sedona. I saw that uh, he did his last one. Uh, but his son has continued on and he has done the fifth agreement. I think we talked about it. I haven't read that, but I just ordered it. So, uh, But the four agreements is one of my favorite books. And one of my favorite things that I've taken from it is be impeccable with your word. Hmm. And, and when you can live in alignment with who you are, when you know your values, when you speak your truth, that's also then connects to how you get that pocket full of money, happy pocket full of money. It's, it's about being in alignment with who you are. Yes. Yes. Love that. So I'm really excited about this book because it is kind of a classic. And I yeah. I was surprised as well. But I was like, I don't think we have talked about this. But yes, the four agreements, even if you've read this book before, a it's a really quick, simple read. It goes yeah. really fast. It's but it's there's a lot of nuggets in there. And even if you've read it before, it's so good to revisit. I know people who revisit this book every single year. Um, yeah. So I just really want to invite you into that. So we will be back here live on Facebook and YouTube at the Ease of Business podcast on Tuesday, the third Tuesday of every month at 7 p.m. Eastern. So it will be Tuesday June 21st. And if you want to know more about this podcast, if you want to find all the places that we are, 
the easiest place to go to find out more about Lisa, more about myself, and all the places that this podcast can be found or any other episodes is the easeofbusiness.com. So again, the easeofbusiness.com. So we thank you so much for being here with us. We're really excited to hear how much you loved this book and what you've learned out of it. And if you have any questions and want to reach out to us, or maybe you have an amazing book that you've written that you want us to like read and, and showcase on a future episode, we'd love to hear about that. Or if you just have maybe a golden nugget of a book that you're like, you haven't talked about this and this is a must talk about. We would love to hear that too. So again, you can find us at theeaseofbusiness.com and we will see you next month. Thank you. This has been the Ease of Business podcast for enlightened entrepreneurs hosted by Lisa Schumerhorn and Celeste Hartwell. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find us at theeaseofbusiness.com on our Facebook page and on YouTube at the Ease of Business Podcast. We stream live on YouTube and Facebook every third Tuesday of the month. And we'd love it if you'd like to read the book that we're doing next and join in the conversation live at 7 p.m. Eastern. See you then.